Welcome to the STEMness Podcast, a podcast produced at the Cohen College of Engineering at the University of Houston, aimed at celebrating trailblazing women in science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. You will hear industry leaders, engineering researchers, and female faculty members at the Cullen College talk about their journeys in STEM and how their work impacts the next generation of female STEMinists. Hi, I'm Nuseba Al Ali. I'm a junior biomedical engineering student, and I'm one of the hosts of the STEMinist podcast. Thank you for listening, and I hope you enjoy. Today, we have a special guest with us, Audrey, who is a junior biomedical engineering student at the Cullen College of Engineering. Adriana is also a member of the Career Ambassador team, where she supports and encourages other students in their career development. We're excited to hear more about Audrey's journey as in STEM and her work as a Career Ambassador. To begin, could you tell us a little bit about yourself and your background in engineering? Yeah, definitely. Thank you so much for having me, Nuseba. Um, so as you said, my name is Audrey, Audrey Gunnatang, and I am a biomedical engineering major um, who's a junior. And while I am a BME major, uh, recently my focus and interest have transitioned to impact energy and environmental sides of engineering. Um, I specifically find interest in impacting these efforts through semiconductor efficiency, which has led me to um, an internship with Texas Instruments this upcoming summer. Sounds exciting. So what drew you to this role as an early engagement ambassador and what do you enjoy most about it? Yeah, so what drew me to this role um, kind of starts when I was a sophomore. I joined this org called ABSA, which is Asian Business um, Society. And like many other orgs, engineering orgs included, you get assigned a mentor. And this mentor really impacted my professional development. I honestly did not know that professional development was that big of a thing in my underclassmen years. Um, so I got a lot out of it, even though I originally joined ABSA as a social org. Um, after receiving all of that support, I was really interested in kind of giving back that similar guidance that I received. Uh, what do I love about it? I love a lot about it. <laughs> it's really rewarding, especially as an early engagement ambassador. I have a large focus on impacting underclassmen, of course. Um, it's not exclusive, so I do, of course, still help the juniors and seniors. But uh, my, my big goal is for freshmen and sophomores to be ahead of the game. And it's just really nice because a student will come to you and they have no clue how to write a resume. And then they'll come back after they've figured it out and use it to apply and then they get their interviews and eventually they will come back and say, oh, I got the job and it's just really, really nice. Um, and I also love who I work with. There are three other ambassadors. Two others are first-gen ambassadors. So they have a large focus on impacting the first generation community. And one other is early engagement like myself. Their names are Cheyenne, Taimi, and Tuan. Um, each of them is extremely amazing and I've learned a lot from them, um, as well as Janice, the engineering career director. She's been really great, supportive, and she's a great leader. Sounds like you do a lot of great work with your organization and the other career, career ambassadors. Could you tell us um, more about your responsibilities and what you do as an ambassador? Yeah, definitely. So as an ambassador, we kind of have like these hard set responsibilities and the responsibilities that we will have, but they vary a little bit more. Mm -hmm. So the hard set ones would be our office hours. We have four hours of office hours a week, each of us, that's a total of 16 office hours for students to come by and get support. Um, and their walk-in. I want to emphasize that their walk-in. Um, a lot of people are kind of hesitant because they think they have to make an appointment. You do not. Uh, you just come, ask whatever questions you need to ask about your resume, interviews, LinkedIn, your elevator pitch, and more. And then additionally, we do have a weekly meeting um, between the team. 
that's just about an hour to kind of think about where we are and where we need to get. Uh, other responsibilities include working with recruiters and companies to set up events that may benefit the students. A really notable event that we had this semester was working with Google. Um, some of their campus ambassadors were on campus for pretty much a week and they are hoping to impact UH students. And um, we do also work with other companies to do things such as professional resume workshops um, to like a casual coffee chat. Wow, sounds like you guys have a lot of good responsibilities to benefit students, so everyone should take advantage of them who's listening. Um, I'd also ask what inspired you to pursue this position and help other engineering students with their careers? Yeah, definitely. So I kind of touched on this a tiny bit. My, my old mentor, he played a large role in me wanting to take this role. Um, but as I mentioned, you know, the business society is obviously a business society. So there was a little bit of like a gap, which led me to um, pursue this engineering career ambassador position instead of a mentorship with that um, organization. Um, right around when I was thinking about it, the application opened up, I decided to give a shot and it did work out. And then something else that I really appreciated about um, this role when I was first applying is the large focus on the um, first generation students. The Engineering Career Center really wants to impact the first gen students and UH is a very diverse campus and has a very large population of those students. So I do think it's crucial for underrepresented populations in STEM to get the equitable support they deserve, whether that be first gen or um, women in STEM or um, underrepresented communities in general. Working with underrepresented engineering students is a great goal for you guys. So it's really interesting to see how you guys work to support them. Um, I'd ask um, if there are any common challenges that engineering students face when it comes to career development and how do you help them overcome these challenges? So I think a really big common challenge is just in general, not knowing where to start. I think, um, Number one is kind of starting to draft your resume and it, it is a little bit of a learning curve like writing a really good resume but you have to start somewhere. And another thing is um, joining orgs. I think joining orgs is a great way to get involved and to start developing some of those soft skills that are going to be valuable for the rest of your life, whether they be teamwork skills, leadership skills, etc. Um, and another thing is um, you know, tapping back into the resume, properly writing your resume um, and selling your non-technical roles. Um, so, you know, a lot of people will come to me and be like, oh, I have no experience at all. They're talking about technical engineering experience, but they do have experience in say maybe their restaurant job or their cashier job. And those are still valuable in that you are, you know, learning your transferable skills and mastering them. Um, so people will maybe put that on their resume and just say something like, oh, provided customer service, <laughs> which if you really want to try and sell yourself, you could say interacted with 50 plus guests a day and, you know, provided over $2,000 in sales. And that way you're kind of showing better what you accomplished in that job. Mm -hmm. Coming from personal experience is really great advice. So um, what resources and services does the Engineering Career Center offer to students and how can they access them? Yeah, so the Engineering Career Center has a ton of resources. The most notable one 
probably obviously being the two career fairs that are hosted, one in the fall, one in the spring. Um, these are super valuable events, the career fairs and getting internships and full-time jobs. There were so many people who had their interviews right after this past fall career fair. Um, additionally, there are a ton of events leading up to the career fair and just throughout the year that help prepare students. Um, this can go, once again, from resume cafes, from actual recruiters um, in the industry, so you're getting pretty much firsthand um, advice from these important figures and just general preparation and support for the event. So like, what, what can you even expect from a career fair? What is it gonna be like? If you're curious, we do have events that help you figure that out. Um, as well as there are a lot of companies who reach out to us or vice versa um, to just have info sessions or some type of networking opportunities for students to interact with them. And uh, a good way to find out and keep up with all of these events is through eConnection. Everything is an eConnection um, and you often need to register or RSVP through this application found in Access UH, so it's good to familiarize yourself with it. Um, and then additionally, if you ever get an on-campus interview, eConnection is also utilized to schedule and communicate with those companies. So you do need to be active within it. Uh, if you do want to just kind of have you know, less formal reminders here and there, you can follow Cullen underscore careers on Instagram or LinkedIn. Yeah, and it can be really daunting to go to these events for your very first time. So I encourage everybody to take advantage of the Career Center's opportunities and attend them early on. So I'd also ask you, Audrey, how do you work with student organizations to promote professional development and other career-related activities? Yeah, that's a great question. So. Um, Orgs will reach out to us often to you know, get something going and collaborate, and we are so open to it. We want to impact as many students as possible, and collaborating with orgs is one of the best ways to do that. Um, it does take a little bit of planning and meeting, of course, and um, you know, work from both ends, but we did this past semester work with SWE, SHEP, and uh, BMES, and we impacted over 115 students through six different workshops. Wow, it's a lot of a um, lot of impact. So, um, could you share any uh, success stories or examples of students who have benefited from the services you provided? Yeah, definitely. So we often have students who will come in, and like I said, they're kind of lost. They're not sure what to do. Um, there was one, I believe, who spoke to the uh, career director just a few days ago about, or not a few days ago, a few weeks ago, um, about how they weren't sure where to start, and she kind of gave a similar guideline. Um, to what any ambassador would give him. And it was, you know, join an org, try to find a leadership position, and then reach back out to these companies with this like new opportunity on your resume. Um, and also just kind of like find your niche. And this student did that. And within just a few weeks, he came back and told her, oh, I got an interview. And then I believe it was a week later, he was like, oh, you know, I actually got that opportunity. And he did mention while it wasn't necessarily the opportunity he wants long term, um, that at least he had a start and a foot into the industry, which is something else that's really important. Um, sometimes it's just about getting that firsthand experience and then building off of that. I know you sort of touched on this before, but is there any additional advice you would have for engineering students who are just starting out and looking to build a successful career in the field? Yeah, definitely. So um, students, like I said, come in a lot. They just feel super lost because they don't have technical experience, but no one has technical experience to start with, or for the most part, I would say like 99% of people don't. 
Um, so you just really want to start with your transferable skills, um, also known as soft skills. So that's like your leadership experience, your communication abilities, uh, your teamwork skills, your organizational skills, doing things and projects and roles that help prove you are good at each and each of those. Um, another thing is definitely start networking sooner versus later. I know it is it's a little intimidating to talk to professionals. It's a little bit um, daunting, you know, to interact with these companies. But the more you do it, the better at it you will get. And about 80% of jobs are gotten through networking. So while yes, you do need to be a credible, credible applicant, you need to be a good student and everything, networking is one of the best ways to get your foot into the door. So coming from personal experience, again, this is really great advice that I encourage you all to take. Um, I'd also ask Audrey if there's anything else you would like to add or discuss about your work as an early engagement ambassador. Yeah, so just one more thing to add is that um, think about where you want to go. If you know what type of position you want to have long term, start doing things that will build you up for that. So, for example, if you want to do an R&D position full time, let's say with like P&G, you should probably start looking into working with a faculty member on campus and their research lab. Um, a different example would be, say, you're interested in working with like Tesla or some um, company similar to that. You would probably want to join an organization such as Chemicar. So just kind of knowing where you want to go and then setting that foundation of how to get there is really important. Um, other things, just the work as an ambassador is really rewarding. It's really nice and you meet a lot of people um, and establish like friendships you probably wouldn't have otherwise. Uh, and then the last thing I want to know is that we will start the application process for the 2023-2024 ambassadors. So make sure to check eConnection and LinkedIn and Instagram for that. Um, and then if you're interested, just keep up to date with it. We're really excited to get the, the next group of ambassadors going. Well, thank you so much, Audrey, for coming on the podcast and taking the time to speak to us about your role as a career ambassador. If you're interested in any of the things that she mentioned, please check out the resources she provided. Um, I would also ask if anyone listening wants to be in contact with you, how can they do so? Yeah, so definitely the best way to get in contact with any of the ambassadors is to just stop by ambassador hours. Even if you can just go for five minutes, they're walk-in, go in for five minutes, maybe just say, um, you know, your small question, and then they will probably, or they or I will give you just a tiny touch of feedback for the time that you have, and then you can keep coming back. Our office hours right now are not established for the next semester, but they will be around the time of the new year. Um, and like I said, there's 16 hours total a week, so there's definitely a lot of opportunities to come see us. Um, and then on top of that, me personally, if you did like happen to have a class with me or anything, I'd be happy to just, um, answer any small questions you might have in the moment. I might not be able to get to everything at that time, um, but I'm happy to talk about it. Mm -hmm. Thanks so much, Audrey, again, and thank you to everybody for listening, and please stay tuned for the next episode. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the STEMinist Podcast. Tune in next time, where we'll be hearing from more amazing women in STEM. Want to listen to more podcast episodes? Check out our podcast website at www.egr.uh.edu to listen and subscribe today.